Congress is back in session and facing new pressure on gun control. The First Lady faces cameras in a rare public appearance. And will the president's record disapproval rating force him to act? This is the State of America tonight. Bump stocks, we're writing that out. I'm writing that out myself. I don't care if Congress does it or not. What I am in favor of is a stronger background check. There is no reason why, as Americans, we can't come together and solve this. The voices of particularly young people have been very strong. We have to change something. We have to do something about this. There's no reason for me to be armed. The teacher would have shot the hell out of him before he knew what happened. Don't give me a bonus and don't give me a gun. I think this is a, a time for the president to stand up be clear, be unambiguous, and, and lead. Hello, I'm Joe Johns, live in New York for Kate Baldwin. This is the State of America Tonight. Lawmakers are back at the Capitol for the first time since a deadly school shooting in Florida tipped the conversation around gun violence. President Donald Trump says if Congress fails to act, the White House will take matters into its own hands. He pledged a ban on bump stops, the devices that attach to semi-automatic weapons to make it easier to fire rounds more quickly. And in a meeting with state governors, Trump called on the room to prepare for a fight with the powerful gun lobby. Don't worry about the NRA. They're on our side. You guys, half of you are so afraid of the NRA. There's nothing to be afraid of. And you know what? If they're not with you, we have to fight them every once in a while. That's okay. They're doing what they think is right. I will tell you, they are doing what they think is right. But sometimes we're going to have to be very tough and we're going to have to fight them. The NRA has given cash or other help to more than half of members of Congress. And the association and other gun rights groups spend more on political donations than their competition by a wide margin. The shooting in Parkland, Florida, has shifted the conversation around gun laws like no other mass shooting. A new CNN poll shows 7 out of 10 Americans now back stricter gun measures. That's the highest rate in a quarter of a century of polling. And it's a jump of 20 points since the days after a shooter killed 58 people in Las Vegas. Businesses are feeling the pressure. Airlines, rental car agencies and others have broken ties with the NRA. One reason for this change may be a growing wave of student activism. Students have been walking out of classrooms and rallying at Capitol buildings in the White House. They're calling for safer schools and end to the violence. The First Lady praised their work in a rare public appearance at a lunch for spouses of governors. As a parent, I cannot imagine the kind of grief and tragedy like that brings. And I hope... And I know we all find ourselves wondering what we can do to help. I have been heartened to see children across this country using their voices to speak out and try to create change. Now, at the same time, the president puts the blame on the failure of an armed deputy at the school to stop the shooter. Tested, but I think I I really believe I'd run in there even if I didn't have a weapon. And I think most of the people in this room would have done that, too, because I know most of you. But the way they performed was was really a disgrace. So how does all of this affect lawmakers? One House Republican says he doubts this new burst of pressure is going to lead to substantive change. 
I'm not particularly optimistic. I would like to be optimistic that we could make some reasonable gun safety measures as well as changes to the mental health system. Um, you know, look, the ability of Congress to do incremental bipartisan changes uh, uh, to contra- on controversial matters has diminished significantly. That's Congressman Charlie Dent. He went on to say that the president does have the power to change the equation. And if he does, he could win some much needed points from voters. A new CNN poll shows the president's approval rating has hit its lowest point so far. Just 35 percent of those polled say they approve of his work in office. That's a five point drop from January. And since then, the stock market has hit a speed bump. Salacious headlines have linked Trump to porn stars and Playboy playmates. And the White House has faced questions about security protocols for key staffers. It all begs the question, could the president shift this conversation by acting on gun control? As the president calculates his next move, he's been hearing from governors. Our Jeremy Diamond is live at the White House. Jeremy. Hi, Joe. Uh, Yes, the president today making clear that he is continuing to stimulate this conversation uh, on gun control and gun uh, legislation in the wake of this uh, mass shooting in Florida. The president once again signaling today that he is willing to act on this uh, issue of bump stocks in particular. It was the most concrete proposal that we heard from the president today when he made clear that regardless of how Congress will act, the president uh, will, through the executive branch, act uh, in a way to perhaps outlaw these bump stocks, which can turn those semi-automatic weapons into uh, weapons that mimic automatic fire. Uh, And the president at the same time addressing the elephant in the room at this gathering of governors, Republicans and Democrats from across the country, uh, discussing his meetings, his recent meeting with NRA leaders who he said he had lunch with at the White House over the weekend. Uh, The president made clear that he pressed them to get on board to support some of these changes that he is backing. Many of these The NRA does not support. For example, the president has proposed raising the minimum age to obtain a firearm to 21. Uh, The NRA does not support that. It also doesn't support this measure on bump stocks. And so the president today took turns both praising NRA leaders and also making clear that he and other Republicans should be prepared to fight the NRA if necessary, saying that it's okay for the two sides to disagree at points. But the real question here, Joe, is what can actually happen on Capitol Hill. The president, despite leading this conversation uh, in the wake of this Florida mass shooting, uh, he has not yet uh, proposed specific legislation that would address some of his concerns and enact the reforms that he has discussed. And on Capitol Hill right now, there is also a lot of talk. But as of yet, we're still waiting for those specific legislative proposals and to see what can actually pass muster in Congress. Joe? Jeremy, thanks for that. It sounds like the president, once again, is kind of thinking out loud as he talks to the nation's governors about this important issue. Two new CNN polls show Americans shifting views on gun control and on their president for a sense of how Washington is reacting. Let's bring in CNN political director David Chalian. David, how's it looking? Joe, we took a look at some of these issues that you are talking about. And just to reinforce something you showed earlier in the program, we asked Americans in this latest poll, do you favor stricter gun laws or not uh, after this Parkland massacre? And take a look at this number. 70% of Americans favor stricter gun laws. 27% oppose. As you noted, that's up from 52%. 
who said they favored stricter gun laws after the Las Vegas shooting back in October. Take a look at the partisan spread here. You'll see huge majority of Democrats, 93% uh, support stricter laws, 64% of independents, and roughly half of Republicans, a plurality, 49% in, of Republicans in favor of stricter gun control laws. We also asked about that proposal Jeremy was just talking about of the president's to raise the age to 21, minimum age, uh, to purchase a firearm. That has broad support. 71% favor banning all gun sales for anyone under 21, 27% opposed. That also splits with majorities in Democrats, Republicans, and independents. Background checks. We asked people, do you think stronger background checks would actually keep people from, uh, who have mental health problems from owning guns? Nearly 6 in 10 Americans, Joe, 59% say yes. Stronger background checks will keep mentally ill from owning guns. That is a significant finding. I think that's why you're hearing the president talk about that, as well as, of course, the NRA. He doesn't want to go to full war with the NRA, mm. but he knows he has a stronger hand. Look at this. Favorable, unfavorable. 46% of Americans have a favorable view of the National Rifle Association. 49% have an unfavorable view. Those are the worst ratings that the NRA has had in CNN polling history for the last couple of decades, Joe. Very different from what we saw even after the Las Vegas shooting. Thanks so much for that, David Chalian. Sure. Coming up, President Trump says something has to be done to get... The nation's gun laws changed, even if that means going against the powerful gun lobby. Our panel is going to weigh in coming up next. U.S. President Donald Trump is under pressure to address America's gun violence. And he again touted changes to current laws in a meeting with the nation's governors. But maybe the most notable comment he made had to do with America's powerful gun lobby, the National Rifle Association, telling lawmakers it's okay to fight the NRA once in a while. The panel tonight, Rob Astorino, Trump supporter, former county executive for Westchester, New York, Charles Blow, CNN political commentator, a columnist for the New York Times, Evan Siegfried. Republican strategist and author of GOP, GPS, and Caitlin Huey Burns, national political reporter for Real Clear Politics. Thank you all for uh, starting out here. And I just want to throw it out to everybody because the question of the day, certainly in Washington, is whether Congress is going to do anything substantive, in other words, big, uh, on gun control, or if this is just going to be business as usual. I'll just ask you almost yes or no. Start with you, Caitlin. I don't think we're going to see anything substantive. I think we will see some movement on uh, this background check measure, which is really just enforcing the laws that are on the books. What I'm looking at, though, are what the state governments are doing. You mentioned that the, the president is meeting with the governors today. We've seen some movement in the Florida legislature on raising the, the age limit, um, also putting in security measures. Um, that's a significant move for a state like Florida, not any major gun control legislation. I don't don't think we'll see, but but that kind of movement signals that there's a little bit something different here from the last year. Now, Caitlin, that was not yes or no, <laughs> but that, no, that's okay. <laughs> Rob, what do you think? Well, I'm going with a no. I, I think there's a lot of smoke and there's a lot of noise, but we're not going to see any fire and actual real results. It's going to be very small. We'll get the bump stock ban. I think there's a lot of agreement there, but 
I think we also need to expand the conversation because we're talking only about school shootings. We should talk about gun deaths in general. Two-thirds of all gun deaths are suicides, and we need to expand mental access to mental health services. But at the same time, we aren't talking about the big roadblock into the background checks and mental health in that HIPAA. That is going to prevent us from being able to have reporting on somebody who could be a danger. Because uh, doctors and therapists are not allowed to do that, and that is something that nobody's talking about. So it's not going to really make a dent unless we talk there. Evan, uh, no, I'll say, I'll no, say no. Oh, wait. oh, you're not Evan. <laughs> <laughs> That's Evan. I did, I, uh, I'll say I no. Flattered. Nothing big. <laughs> nothing big, because it's it's a national debate. But when it gets down to it, it's by congressional district, mm-hmm. and it is a very diverse county, uh, a very diverse country, rather. Uh, I did agree. I normally don't, Charles. I normally don't agree with your columns, but I did agree with what he wrote today, in, in part of it at least, in that we do need to understand better what is causing this to happen. Well, what he wrote is we're, we're aiming too low, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and and I, so I, I believe nothing will happen that impacts negatively gun sales in America. It may, things may happen that, in fact, boost gun sales in America. And anything that does happen will be about... Uh, will be shifted onto taxpayers' backs as something else they have to pay for. Basically, what we're doing in America is that we are privatizing the profits from guns and we're socializing its uh, this negative effects, right? So a society picks up the bill, always. We, you know, one, as, one very conservative estimate about what the cost of gun violence is to Americans is $230 billion with a B dollars a year. We don't see it because it's, you know, it's it put into different pockets. It is the cost of the wound of the person that uh, lives. It is the police investigation. It is, you know, you go down and down and down and down the line, and the, the, he's adding up. And all of that is borne by taxpayers. Mo- most of it is borne by taxpayers on their backs. And we have perfectly fine to basically subsidizing this violence in that way. But we deal with alcohol as a public health issue, and we try to ameliorate the effects of it. Mm-hmm. What we, but we don't do yeah. that. We don't, don't, do, we don't come anywhere close to doing that when it comes to guns. Right? And so the fact that we recognize that there's a problem and we refuse to invest in the research to figure out how do we stop it is, is kind of blasphemous, but, uh, in a way, as a country. I think the one thing we've su- started to see since about Thursday is that we've seen corporations take the corporate social responsibility aspect and say, we're not going to uh, say Visa, we're not going to attach our name. They're pulling away from the NRA. But we're also hearing, Andrew Ross Sorkin wrote in the New York Times last week about how we have places like Visa thinking, well, should we process credit card charges from uh, a place like Walmart if they're selling high-capacity magazines or well, that would be devastating. Rifles. That would change yeah. the culture of behavior within other, or in terms of sales. So right. you don't need laws if you can get corporations but, to actually but, act. Right. But, but that's but, your point about right. the economics. It's, of it's, all it's of this. Fi- even you mentioned before the economics of bump stocks, right? The, ma- the main producer is this tiny company in Morin, Texas. The whole population of this town is 270 people. They don't yeah. mind sacrificing them because it doesn't hurt the hundreds of million dollars that the, that the gun makers are making. And when they, don't get, mind, they will throw them over the bu- mm-hmm. on, under the bus and, in order to say they did something and it still doesn't affect sales. And in fact, what, what they have fi- figured out is that uh, there was actually a, a, what they call a Trump slump in gun sales because right. they sell more guns when there's a threat of regulation. And right. when he was elected, there was no threat. And now this kind of talk 
Mm-hmm. The suspicious person to me is like, okay, right. you're creating a threat okay. to ameliorate. Let me the, get let me get Caitlin in on this now. Mm-hmm. It, th- this question that the president raised of mm-hmm. a stroke of the executive pen. I'm going to get rid of bump stocks. How realistic is that anyway? It's complicated because over the past decade, the um, ATF has had a chance to rule on bump stocks. And in both cases, they have um, rendered that it's not part of their purview. Um, Now, the president is direct has directed uh, the Justice Department to do something after the ATF has done another review. But you have lawmakers on Capitol Hill saying that any uh, executive action, even if they can make it, is not going to be sufficient. And so you do have uh, Democrats calling for some kind of legislation here. You have other Republicans on the Hill, however, saying that, well, the president is taking care of it. So we'll see if it gets a vote. It does have, banning it, does have bipartisan support. You've heard from gun owners on Capitol Hill saying, I don't use this device. I didn't really know what it was before the Las Vegas shooting. So sure, go ahead. But that's, the the NRA has supported that. Now about that 70% number, 70% support tougher gun measures in the United States, which is uh, up Uh, even from Las Vegas, is this just a flash in the pan or are we seeing something substantive because of uh, the young people who are uh, stepping out and saying, I watched this, we need to stop it in our schools? Well, as a young person, I hope it's not a flash in the pan because I don't want to, when I have kids, have to worry about having them go to school and whether or not they're going to get shot. My sister-in-law is a teacher uh, just outside of Columbine in Colorado, and she was at the Aurora movie theater two nights before the Aurora shooting. And I was talking to her after this, and she has the same worry for my nephews. But I think that we saw, and what Caitlin alluded to, is the NRA's power within the Republican Party. They will primary you from the right. And we saw President Trump on Wednesday when he began his listening tour actually start to talk about doing things that would be positive steps in term, that even liberals could get behind, and he is the guy who could pull the Republican Party there. Then Wayne LaPierre, Thursday morning, got up and made his speech at CPAC, and it was a very uh, defiant speech mm-hmm. and defiant of Trump. He was sending Trump a message, and Trump immediately pulled back. And now he's saying maybe we can attack and fight them, but he won't. All right, then uh, we're going to take a break and then come back and talk about some more stuff that affects uh, criminal justice. Coming up, President Trump apparently looking toward the Philippines and Singapore for inspiration on handling drug crimes. Our panel weighs in on that in a report that he wants drug dealers to face the death penalty. Coming up next. When you deal with MS-13, the only thing they understand is toughness. And with our foreign partners, we've helped charge or arrest more than 4,000 members of the savage gang that we talked about, MS-13. Now, they don't like guns. You know why? They're not painful enough. These are animals. President Trump, they're recently railing against transnational street gang MS-13. It's a favorite target of his. When it comes to taking on drugs and crime, and we're now learning what the president privately says he'd like to happen to drug traffickers like them. Axios reports he tells people that he'd love to execute drug dealers like they do in some other countries. Let's get back to the panel. So, Charles Blow. Don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Axios <laughs> says. 
the president wants to execute drug dealers. What, I mean, what do you think of that? But execute how? I mean, if, if he's... With an AR-15. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, the models he's yeah, pointing big to time are drug kind of extrajudicial, extrajudicial. So yeah. I'm like, are you charging... Right. You're encouraging yeah. more violence from people who are who, who kind of come into contact with these people, which is what he did with police when right. he was talking about you know shove the guys in there and don't worry about their heads. I mean, there, there's a there's an impulse within the man that wants to severely punish particular kinds of people, right? So if if you just particularly if you, if you his obsession with the South American gang mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and to the exclusion of all the other threats domestically we face. And internationally, we face it. Nobody gets the attention that this particular gang gets. You, I just, I'm always yeah. left wondering, what does that say about him and his particular internal impulses? Well, the other fascinating thing about it is that the president does have somewhat of an affinity for um, individuals around the world who rule with an iron hand. Authoritarian well, leaders like Roderico Duterte yeah. in the Philippines, who, by the way is known to kill off the drug dealers. Mm -hmm. So does that affect our standing in the world? In other words, the United States no longer looking like it stands up for human rights or whatever? And does it even matter? It's a really complicated issue, especially since the drug issue is very complicated with the idea of not only um, uh, what we know, but also kind of newer trends, I want to say, mm-hmm. um, in terms of fentanyl, for example, which is manufactured, and um, kind of how do you, are, are you talking about things like, you know, mandatory minimum sentences again? Mm-hmm. Um, are you talking about, uh, who are you talking about executing? Um, well, we know that the president kind of likes this law and order toughness and wants to kind of prosecute these things, but but how would you go about it? Is this just rhetoric and talk, or is there an actual plan that they want to implement um, and I think this is at the I think that's a question moving forward. Well, Rob there are some people who in the United States who would actually say that's not such a bad idea especially people whose neighborhoods have been ridden with drugs but uh, I think on the other hand uh, there, there's probably a bigger question about whether uh, the president is sort of moving forward with this idea or moving very far backward because they're even members of the conservative Republican Party who have said uh, they think harsh sentences, draconian sentences, whatever, are the things the United States needs to get away from. I think there, de- there does need to be prison reform. I mean, we're putting in kids who have committed a, a minor offense and locking them up and ruining their lives. I, I think we need to have a big discussion on our prison system and, and, and how we deal with that and sentencing. But I think what he's talking about, just taking him, let's not go for the exact word he was, was using. I would say he was probably the sentiment is these are really bad people and let's do whatever we can to make sure they're never, ever, ever out on the street again. Now, we have a discussion in this country about the, the death penalty for those who kill cops. Mm-hmm. So is a really bad drug dealer who is infesting neighborhoods and with the opioid crisis we have, are they, are they good mm-hmm. people? No, right. I wouldn't say that. Evan, is this just Trump being Trump or... Are we supposed to make more of it? Well, he and his good friend Rodrigo Duterte, I think maybe he's thinking he could go up in Marine One and drop the drug dealer onto the South Lawn from a great height, just like Duterte did. Yeah. But um, I think that we, Rob is right. We need to have a criminal justice reform conversation. Mike Lee, Rand Paul, and Cory Booker and Kamala Harris have all been working together in a bipartisan fashion, giving 
uh, or or enhancing safety valves where a federal judge has uh, more discretion. At the same time, we've seen the Justice Department go in criminal justice and be much harsher. They eliminated prosecutorial discretion, which negatively impacts the ability to plea and get drug dealers. But drug dealers themselves, the death penalty for them, will it be a deterrent? I don't think so. If you talk to them, they live in threat of their lives from rival gangs every single day. So Mm -hmm. it really doesn't make a difference. All right. But similarly... Gotta go. More gun gun laws aren't going to make the bad guys say, oh, I better not do that. All right. Thanks to all of you. And thank you, everyone. This is day 403 of President Trump's administration. That's the state of America tonight. How many more do we have, we ask? Check out our podcast. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite app. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.